Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Daniela Point, and my co-host is Dr. Dustin Smith. Welcome to Paradox, Untold Stories from Athletic Directors. We are excited to be back this week with a new guest brought to you by Tickets Ticket, the official ticketing partner of the NIAAA. Dustin, would you like to do the honor of introducing this week's AD? Man, I'm excited. I seem like I feel like I say this quite often, and we don't. Our guest today certainly doesn't need an introduction. Um, he he commands presence when he walks into a room. People know this guy, um, and I'm excited just to just to dig in and and get to know Steve Throne a little bit better. But Steve is an AD in in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, Millard South, and I've got some questions about Omaha, but we'll get to that in a minute. But before we get really into some of these stories, Steve, let's tell a little bit about what the resume won't tell me. Who is Steve Throne aside from assistant principal AD? Who is Steve Throne? What what makes you Steve Throne? What do you get to do for fun when you don't have to be an AD? Well, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. Uh, big thing for me is my, my principal would say that whenever we're talking about hobbies, she'd say Steve Throne's hobbies, Miller South. And she's probably right. I do. I'm always trying to figure out ways to make what we do here at Miller South better. Uh, but I'm also want to have fun with it. I'm trying to do things to promote our kids or coaches, but uh, on a, on a different side, I've got five grandkids and I've got three children of my own that are older. And then so I'm an empty nest with my wife through 30 marriage of 32 years. So a lot of what I'm in, in for right now is that empty nest thing. I'm about experiences and memories. I'm trying to go find as many places that I can go to get as many experiences and then memories, you know, that I'll never forget. So I'm exploring right now. Life is good. Uh, and, and, and just always trying to, to find new things that I can go, you know, check out, explore, be part of. So is the statement true that if, if you knew grandkids were this fun, would you have had them first? Is that a true statement? That is definitely, you would, you would skip that for sure. I love my children to death, but you would skip that for sure. Grandkids, you can do whatever you need to and send them home, or you can you can candy them up, sugar them up, and then send them home. But, you know, when they when they come running to you and start yelling, Grandpa, life is good. So how 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 close are the grandkids? How close are your kids to where you live now? Are they relatively close or are they spread out across the country? So you have distance or is, or is that something you can get to readily? Well, I'm a little lucky because my, my daughter, uh, who's 26, she moved down the street from us. So when they pull in their driveway, the kids can get out of the car and yell over at me. So they're close. <laughs> There's three there. And then my son lives in in Sioux City, Iowa, which is about 90 minutes away, and, and we don't get to see them as much. He's got two, um, but uh, they're close enough that we can go see him, which is great, because that's a big part. You want to be part of their lives and want to be around when they're doing. They're all active in different sports and different things now, so life is good. And I know there's no such thing as a favorite kid or a favorite grandkid, so I'm not even going to ask that question, because I don't <laughs> want to put you on a spot and get you in trouble at home by any means, um, but you, you made a statement that I think resonates with ADs that maybe listen to this podcast or will listen to this podcast is our hobby is our job. And we do that so much of our time is consumed with the behind the scenes stuff, all the stuff that has to go on for our athletics to happen, uh, whether that's in Millard South, whether that's in Greenwood, Arkansas, whether that's in Florida, whatever it may be, from August to May is heavy season for us and sometimes in June and goes into June. Um, so how do you prioritize time to take a step back from that to say, okay, I got to have this time to explore and my wife and I want to go do this or we want to go there. We need a weekend away. 
do you have a routine or a plan to make that happen? Well, I got a couple things. First of all, you got to make sure that your spouse is on board with what you want because her thought of having fun is let's go up to Millard South and work out. I'm like, two things. No, I don't want to go back to school or work. And I also don't want to work out. So let's take those. That and go <laughs> the second thing is I want to travel. I'm, I'll get on a, on a Thursday night. I'll pull up VRBO or Airbnb and, and I'll just say I'm looking for a spot in a certain area with water in the back, you know, walking out to water. Boom. And I'll book some. She goes and then she'll say, what are you doing? I'll say, hey, we're going somewhere. And then we'll just we'll just take off and go somewhere for the weekend or whatever. Uh, the other problem that I'm having with my wife right now, the challenge anyway, is she wants to remodel the house. Our kids are out of the house. We don't need to remodel the house. She wants a big <laughs> island, tear up some fireplace. I'm like, well, I'm going to give you five grand. You can do whatever you want the house. I'm taking <laughs> my five grand and I'm traveling. I'll let you know where I'm at. So I'm thinking, <laughs> I want to travel. I want to get out of. You know, I want to go see things as a coach and teacher. I didn't get out of town very much because I was also a driver's ed teacher, which is a whole different story. But I lived 300 hours behind the wheel all summer for 17 years. So I didn't have a lot of summers to go vacation or do whatever. So I'm at a point now where I want to go see some things. And when, when you're a coach and teacher, you're traveling wherever your kids are playing youth sports at. That's your vacation. And so right now I'm, I'm trying to get out of town as much as I can to just go see stuff, explore meet people. So what would you now, say? I know this is an AD podcast and I want to talk about some AD stuff, but the, the driver's ed stuff really fascinates me. Uh, and we had a guy here that used to tell me he was the driver's ed instructor for a, for a student who was deaf. And he was a large guy and he was trying to figure out how he's going to get the interpreter up front to be able to communicate oh, to the, the driver. So I may ask some stories about that later, but this isn't obviously the topic we're going to discuss. I, can't, I cannot imagine that. That would, be, that would be difficult. Well, you know, you're talking about traveling. I really want to know, what is your current favorite place that you've been to? Uh, we went to Cabo last summer. Loved that. But we went to Dillon, Colorado. It was beautiful. Uh, the, the, the condo that we rented, the water was right outside. There's bike paths. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm an avid fisherman. I don't catch much. I throw the line in. I sit there. Bring, I'm better. I'm better at fly fishing, even though I don't even know what fly fishing is. But I just throw my reel, bring it back in. So, Bill uh, in Colorado was beautiful last last year. We, we enjoyed that. We also got down to uh, the Gulf Shores the spring break last year, which was awesome. Going to Cancun this this spring break. So, I'm, we're just trying to get out of town as much as we yeah. can. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I, 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 not, I believe in traveling. I love traveling. So that's that's awesome to hear. And I did not hear anything about Arkansas in your plans of travel, Steve. Well, you got to give me the, where do I need to go? We, you know, that's what I need to know about Arkansas. <laughs> I've, got plenty, I've got plenty I can tell you. That's another call. We can discuss that. <laughs> all right. That's what I need. I need those hot spots. I can tell you all of that. So I am very excited to hear some of your stories, your AD stories that you have for us. Go, go ahead and just slay them on thick. All right. Well, I, I've got a couple. One's recent. We were talking about earlier. Um, I was just named to the uh, NIAAA board, which is a great honor, a great group of people. We met in Indianapolis uh, about a week ago. And uh, when when you do that, they, the travel agent will call you and say, here, here's the flight I have. It's just going to work for you. And I said, you bet. Well, I'm 6'9", a biscuit and gravy shy of 350. And so planes and I are not really good friends most of the time. And on the American airline, there's two by two seats. And uh, 
So when I got on, I, I saw my seat and I realized I was going to be in trouble. And I was hoping maybe that there was no one next to me. Well, that wasn't the case. The poor young lady that was next to me had a long hour and a half flight from Omaha to Chicago at about hour 15. But uh, as I squeezed in, then I got the seatbelt on somehow. It didn't breathe for about an hour and 15. But uh, she finally, about halfway through the trip, pulled back the middle uh, armrest and said, here, this should probably help. Well, then, unfortunately for her, I expanded a little bit. And I became <laughs> part of her seat, too. And uh, as I went to get off, and I told Phil Risen this, the planes are, are for Phil Risen size type people. They're not for Steve Throne. And so when I, when, I, when I went to get off, I gave her $20 and said, I'm buying you dinner. And she's like, oh, no. I was like, no, I, I, I was in your seat the whole time. And I apologize. And she just laughed. But... Yeah, that, that's my first one is just, you got to try to find planes that fit you better, or I'm just going to drive the 10 hours from Omaha to Indianapolis the next time. Or the so NFL just needs to get your first class seat. I mean, yeah, that's okay. an option too. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'll talk <laughs> yeah. to you and back and see what they can do. Like the legit Phil Rising treatment where you get first class. Yes. I mean, I think you need to do that. But I, my question to you, you said that you cut off circulation, maybe didn't breathe. Did you have to wear a mask like when we've had to fly to Denver? And so that even complicated breathing even more if you're wearing a mask during that time. Well, you got the mask on. And then I, what I would try to do is throw my leg out the aisle. And then the stewardess was not happy about my leg getting out the aisle. <laughs> but the, uh, the point guard for the University of Nebraska was sitting next to me. And I said, Verge, are you okay if I throw my leg? And he goes, no, man, do whatever you got to do. Because I, <laughs> I have no idea how you're even sitting in that seat. And so... <laughs> I'd stick it out, then she'd come back through it. I'd move it so she didn't hit up the card or anything else. And uh, you just you just try to make it work. That's what that's what you do. Uh, but it was it was a good good time out in India, and it's well worth the the flight out back. But did you get any treatment? Um, did you get a Steve Throne treatment when you got there, like a rookie treatment, or were you just thrown into like did the board welcome you in any kind of crazy way, or was it just hey here we're well we're glad to have you. Well, we're not supposed to share the hazing that happened. That's a whole okay. different thing. So we're not yeah, some lawsuits. <laughs> the Lee Green talks to you. A different podcast. Yeah, that's a totally different. No, it was, <laughs> they, the best thing of that is they just opened all of us new members. There's four of us uh, opened us with open arms and kind of got us acclimated to what we need to do and help us so we don't feel overwhelmed. Because when you do those things and you get in those those meetings, they're just a strategic planning at its highest level and. There's just a lot of things you need to know and a lot of moving parts. And you're talking about across the United States and then obviously globally now with organizations. So you're talking almost 13,000 members. And so you're trying to do a good job representing not only your own section, but everybody that's an AD in the United States and globally. But it's but fun I, think that's, I think that's a great point. You're walking in to an environment and to a room that there are people that have done that for a year, maybe two years that, you know, have knowledge of not just the room, but what they're discussing. And you're going in blind to that. And sometimes our administrators maybe are intimidated about the opportunity to serve and get involved in the IAAA. And I know you will be an advocate to say, get involved, jump in and do something, because the only way you get to that level of one or two years of experience in the boardroom is being involved. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, it's a perfect example of people that are outside of our organization don't understand why we do what we do sometimes. So that was over the Valentine's uh, weekend. And then Valentine's, we were in Indianapolis. My wife was at home, but we did some lunch before I left. And 
I kind of talked her through. She goes, what are you guys going to be doing there? I mean, really, what are you doing? Because she's thinking you guys are at conventions, you're going to workshops. I said, no, that's not it. And I, and I kind of walked her through all that. She, then she looked at me, she goes, you guys are all volunteering? This is volunteer. Nobody's getting paid. You're getting volunteering. Said, that's what our organization runs on is the willingness of our members to step up, lead and, and serve. And so she's like, she shook her head like, wow. So that's, a, you know, that's what we do as ADs. We're, we're servant leaders in our own building, but hopefully state and local and then, and then nationally. So how was the flight back? Did you have a similar experience flying back or was it? Well, the flight back, I got smart. I got there early and I purchased the extra extended feet room up top in the front. We're right outside. You're right outside of the cusp of first class where you can see what paradise looks like. But you're not really in it. And my feet were running into it, but there was some, some leg room there. So it was a lot better and, and, and it was fine. The problem, the funny part of the whole deal is I look across the aisle and the, uh, the young lady sitting next to me was short enough that her feet didn't touch the floor. So you got me draped across and then she's barely touching the floor with her feet. So it was a lot better ride home. Very, very, and so the, very this, did they have the little curtain that separates you from first class? You know, like you can't see in that level. So you're just right there at that point. Yeah, they, they, there's, it was right in front of us. The problem is I had the angle so I could still see all the great snacks they were getting. And we were getting like the six-year-old corn nuts. But I was still like, hey, I'm close. I'm like sucking it in. I'm like, hey, I'm almost the first class. I can be there someday. But yeah, I know always on the cusp, man. I got to get closer to the first class. No that doubt. Phil Rising treatment. You'll get there at some point. Well, he's a Kentucky guy, so I get. I'm an old Duke fan, and he's Kentucky, so those don't mix. I got. I got to tell him I'm Kentucky. Maybe I'll move up. We'll see. Another story that that I had that I wanted to share with you guys was, um, I'm a big name guy. I think it's important that you know people's names, and it gives value to people. So, our admin team will go to Doan College and don't now they're Doan University, but they have a cadre program with which most of us went through to get our masters in educational leadership. And we'll go meet with the uh, it's a two year course, and and we we go we'll go meet with the people in Omaha and Lincoln. And when we do, we uh, I do an activity all the time within the first half an hour, I memorize everybody's name in the room, what level they're at and then what school. And then I come back in 30 minutes and I'll say, I'll go around the room and say, Dustin from Arkansas, Danielle from Florida, you teach this level, whatever. And they're always amazed by how do you do that? And uh, I think, so for me, it's just being conscious about knowing who they are. And every time I talk to them, say their name, well, I get an email after our cadre meeting and it's from Jamie and, uh, she says, hey, I want to come shadow. I was like, hey, great. This would be great. Uh, we'd love to have you come shadow. Well, you know, on, on Gmail, sometimes you can see their picture. And you can't always make it out. But it was blonde-haired gal that Jamie was sitting in the front row. And I know who she was. Uh, I'm going to come over on Thursday. So when we meet with our admin team on Monday. I said, hey, Jamie's going to come over and shadow. If you guys want to, you know, show her some things that you're doing throughout the day, too. Because we just kind of share that experience. And that person can get all the different experiences they want. So I'm sitting in my office and Jamie's going to arrive and uh, the mower activity secretary comes in and says, Hey, Jamie's here. So I said, Oh, great. So I go to walk out and when I walk out, it, Jamie's not a blonde haired five, nine young lady. It's a six, five young man. That's different than what I thought it was. So now I'm like, Whoa, Hey, how are you? The blonde haired gal in the front row is Janie, not Jamie. So I have to run down the hall to my other 
admin partners to, to let them know, hey, Jamie is a young man, not a, a female, just so they don't come down and make me look really stupid in front of her or him when I said I'm a game <laughs> person. So that that was probably one of the most embarrassing pieces because they call me, they say it all the time. Hey, Jamie, what's going on? Or whatever the person's <laughs> name was. And so that's tough when you say you're a name person and then all of a sudden you, you can't remember who you were talking to and now they're coming to shadow you. So I never shared with Jamie that I had the wrong person. Picture on his email was his wife who looked like Janie. So... That one was embarrassing. And that's that's the difference between one letter. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it got me. The M and N got me. And it was <laughs> embarrassing because I came around the corner and I was just like, whoa. And I, I he looked at me like, why is he why is he turning white here? And I was like, I'll be right back. <laughs> and then my buddies, they come down the hall and if the whole in you know, our principal she come down and, oh hey, nice to meet you, Jamie. And they, <laughs> they, they kind of laid it on a little thick. So as me not knowing well, all the names. And to say you're a name person as an AD too, that is uh, that's a that's a tall feat because you have so many athletes and fans and coaches, and so that is that's impressive uh, that you're even able to 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 do that because that's probably one of the harder things about being an AD, right? You have so many student athletes, um, but yeah, that's a uh, no doubt about it. Well, and we're a school of 2,500, and so you're just always trying to get to know as many kids as you can. Mm-hmm. you know, and get, to, get to make a better connection with it for sure. But yeah, that one, that one got me, made me look pretty bad. I got a little egg on my face on that one. So they won't let me live that one down. But I, th- I think that's the fun in this though. I mean, we can all relate because we all, and as Daniel mentioned, we all come into contact with so many different people on so many, on a regular basis, we're coming into contact with people. And so that can very real, realistically happen to any one of us getting to a moment and think, all right, I'm going off of what I know, and I, I know this is a blonde-headed lady, but it didn't end up being who Jamie really was. And so I, I think that's important why, why I ask, hey, Steve, who is Steve? So that we know Steve, and so when people see Steve, they know that Steve is not Phil Rising. <laughs> well, and, that, and that's the way I remember people's names whenever I see them a student passes in the hallway and they might pass me three or four times. I will still say Dustin or Danielle. I'll call them by name. And that's how I keep the name fresh where I get in troubles over summer where you haven't seen a kid. And when was COVID where we lost that whole spring and then we lost summer. It was, it was tough. I had to go back to some yearbooks and just start reading, you know, introducing myself to students so that I could call them by name because I, that's what I wanted. I was at Sergeant Bluff Luton high school for three years. That was my first AD job. And they had about 500 students in the high school, but it was just a, a rectangle. And during passing periods, kids would just move around the rectangle, you know, for the whole three or four minutes or whatever. And then finally, after about a month, one of the girls walks over and goes, Mr. Throne, how do you know my name? I said, well, I know your name because I know who you are. And I want you to know that I know who you are. He goes, I've got teachers that have been here for three years that have no idea who I am. But every day you call me by my name. I said, well, you come by six times a day. Because you just keep looping. And so it makes it a little easier. But, you know, that that's that value where you're going. The kid's going, he's taking the time to get to know who I am. And then if something goes south at a game or wherever, and you, or you need some help with some, hey, can, Susie, can you come help me move this table? You call him by name and not. If I, I always tell kids, if I call you chief, buddy, pal, any of that stuff, it means I don't know what your name is. And so you, you got to help me out and make sure I got your name. Well, there, there's tremendous value in that because, like, I was at the collegiate level and I got to know our kids obviously that played, but I would always tell them, I want to know more than just number 25. 
I want to know you more than just your number. I want to know and be able to call you. Um, at the collegiate level, we had a lot of international kids. And so they valued somebody knowing who to, who they were and how to pronounce their name. We had a we had an All-American whose name was Haiti Lukes. And I would always remember to say, hey, D. And that's how I talked to her every time I saw her. Because like, most people look at it and say, it's Heidi. Well, that's not her name. And so I figured out, hey, that's how I could talk to her. I'd just say, hey, D. And it would, would work and it made that connection with her. But you make a great point in the value of that kid. And you think about it from a 15 to 18-year-old kid, the importance of somebody knowing who they are individually. There's great value in that and something that's really important to kids. Well, and the other thing on the AD side or, or activities or teacher, whoever it is, is do you know the names of all of your custodians? We're a big building, and I do. And I have their cell numbers, and I, I'll reach out to them from time to time and thank them or do whatever by calling my name just to make sure that they know I value them too because that's important. We do an activity with our kids from time to time in leadership stuff where I'll show them a picture of a, a secretary, a custodian, the principal, myself, a teacher, and I say, who's the most important? Rank them. And most kids will start writing down numbers, and there's always that one kid that goes, they're all important. That's right. All those people in our building to make the family atmosphere that we believe in, that's what it takes, that everybody's the same. Not one person's more important than the other. So I think knowing their name gives them that additional value that people deserve. Well, and, it, and it's easy too, especially at a school uh, your size, it, it's easy to know your star athletes and it's easy to know maybe the kids who are walking down the trouble path. But sometimes your kids are right in the middle doing everything they're supposed to be doing, um, not causing any trouble. They kind of can fly under your radar sometimes. And those those are the kids that, you know, really remember when you remember their name um, and you can make a difference. So kudos to you for for making that attempt. That's a, That's an awesome thing to do and be proud of. Man, there's there's times where you have to look at your phone and look at your your school app to figure out okay was that who's that who is that Johnny okay yeah, yeah. So I, I'm cheating at times as I get older I got to cheat a little bit. Uh, I, I got one other story I'd like to share with you if I can. Okay, go ahead. Absolutely. When I was an assistant AD, um, my main job was to at the end of the night as you get you know after third quarter we're going to go around and pick up the, the money at the gate and at the concessions and if we're playing Miller versus Miller I mean you could have 25 30k in the gator with you and, and most nights I'd have a police officer with me because you never went by yourself uh, but this night for some reason he was he was with me and then when I went up top where our, our main concessions and gates are I lost him and so when I got to the top I picked up my radio being just kind of, I like to mess around a little bit. I just said, hey, I got a code red. I need one guy. I got a code red. Not thinking anything about it, but two seconds later, here comes six cops, the principal, the AD, like Edmund, they're running, they're all sprinting. They're, what do you need? What do you need? What's going on? I just need somebody to help me get this money box. And they're just like, you just called a code red. I was like, I didn't realize it had some significance. And so I've learned from that time to never say code red because it means different things to different people. Me, it was just like, damn joke, and I need a guy to help me, you know, so I don't get robbed as I as I go get this concession money. But they come sprinting, and our our stadium stairs are steep, and so they're they're breathing hard, sweating, can't talk. Yeah, I, I about got rest myself that night. That wasn't good. <laughs> Did you well, ever get clarification on what code red meant to the rest of them? I guess code red basically means you're in trouble and you need some help right now. Because right, right away, it was kind of weird. Like, what's your locale? Where are you at? And I was like, well, 
I, I told you I'm at the main concessions and here they come. Boy, it was the cavalry was coming. So the money the money got in safely that night too, along with all the other nights. But it was that one, that one was scary because I was like, hey. But then they never let me live that one down here. That's the problem. These things they never go away. People just keep bringing them up. <laughs> remember that time when Throny called Code Red? No, no, I don't remember that. <laughs> let it go. Just let it go, people. Well, at least they called you Throny and not Jamie at that point. That's true. If they call me Jamie, then I, I can pass it off to Jamie. <laughs> now, now, my question is, what lunatic would be would think it's a great idea to try to take the money box from you? Knowing what we've described you as, who would be that lunatic that say, I'm, this is a great idea? Well, I think most people, when they see me on the Gator, because our small Gators look like Shriners vehicles when I'm in it, and so they're... <laughs> They're probably just going, let's leave that guy alone. He's got a lot of money, but just leave him alone. Because he's like an oversized guy driving this little tiny gator climbing up the hill. So, yeah, I'm lucky. In that sense, my size sometimes does help. And my favorite line of people in general is when they get really close to me, they go, geez, I knew you were tall, but I didn't realize you were this tall. I was like, like so from a distance, I look 6'3", but up close, I'm 6'9". What's that mean? But, yeah, no, I'm, I do get that from time to time that you're uh, – I do have one parent story that I'd like to share when I was the assistant AD, though. You guys might like I'm with it. It's one, of the, it's one of those things where you wish you could say this more often, but you don't. The The other assistant AD was our longtime football coach, and he's a great guy. But he, it, it was his last year, and it was a spring. We play soccer in the spring, and Marty was – he was ready to be retired. And uh, we're setting up for, for JV girls soccer, and we used to have – uh, it's on a grass field. And so the mom goes up, she goes to the ticket booth. She's mad, turns around, starts walking off, finds me and says, Hey, are you the AD? And I said, well, no, but I'm the assistant AD. And, uh, she's all mad about paying three bucks to get in three bucks. Nobody else charges. Well, everybody else charges, but that's the line people sometimes use to get in. But nobody else charges. Well, it's three always bucks. used. Mm-hmm. We got to, we got to pay. We got to buy soccer balls. We got to pay the officials. And I always tell them, Hey, if you pay for the officials, I'll let everybody else in free. Nobody ever takes me up on that one. I don't know why. But uh, Marty walks. I like that, over. I like that line. <laughs> Marty walks over and she's, she starts to kind of chew on him a little bit. And he pauses and says, ma'am, help me out here. Looks over to the field and goes, remind me which one of these girls is your daughter. And she goes, she's number 13. He goes, you stay here. I'm going to walk over and let her know that her mom's a cheap ass. I won't pay three bucks to get in and watch her. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he walks away. And I'm standing there going, Marty, what did you say? Did you say that? After that. <laughs> so I finally just kind of did a Homer Simpson and kind of backed out of the conversation. <laughs> He's like, I'm retiring. I can say whatever. But he, I don't remember if she even came in. I think she was still standing there with her, her tongue hanging going, what did you just say? <laughs> so he was gonna go let 13 no mom's not mom's not coming in just so you know she's mad she's in the car wait can you can you imagine that kid if that if that guy came over and said hey here's the situation can you imagine how mortified that young oh. girl was in? well that's where the mom's just was in a state of shock like you better not go right and i'm just like it's three bucks you're gonna go watch your kid play pay the three bucks come on and here, here's my question for that is, was this the beginning of the season, the middle of the season, the end of the season? When you're talking JV soccer on the grass in the spring, it doesn't matter. It could be every, <laughs> every game is, 
I was at this school last week. They didn't charge. You know, everybody's trying to get out of paying the three bucks. And now we're six, we're six and four now, which I feel terrible about when families come to games, but that's just inflation and the cost mm-hmm. of things. Back back then, the three bucks was a heck of a bargain. I mean, three for an adult, one for a student. Come on in. Nobody else was like, hey, here's my three bucks. But her, she wanted to make a scene of a who's the AD? I want to choose somebody still. You pick Marty, and Marty was Marty was not the right guy. <laughs> and that's why I was asking because when, when when parents like to drop that line and I'm like the season's almost over this isn't the first game I've seen you here at our games before so we had, yeah we had played some it was middle of the season to the end I mean it's, they played three bucks somewhere else it, it's just mm-hmm. they always try to fight their way to not have to pay and I get it we all get tired of paying but we all want to watch our kids so we do that but yeah that was one of my favorite ones there of all time because what i'd like to have seen your face well i was just like mom was like i was like mom did you just say that and i was also watching mom to see if she's gonna like throw a punch or be you know go go cuss central on us but she she just stood there in shock and said what'd you say (laughs) you know i think i would have been like at a boy marty that's that's my kind of dude right there that's the answer i want to give but i haven't yet yeah, but later on, I was like, hey, next time, let me know where we're going. So I, because I, you dropped it, then you just walked away, which put me in a terrible spot. But it never, never got a phone call or anything crazy on that one. So not too lucky. bad. Lucky. Lucky. Uh-huh. No doubt. Well, well, let's, let's look at just, just a couple of takeaways that you can look at from those stories. You know, we, we kid around about, hey, we got to make that comment, but we all deal with those parents. They're going to say, do I really have to pay? I mean, I've paid for so long, um, you know, and, and that, that was what assistant AD days, correct? Oh yeah. Yep. So, so now as the AD, does your mindset change now thinking back to how am I dealing with that parent? Do I jump into Marty's shoes or do I balance it and say, I got to be politically correct here. I got to answer right. What's the right answer for you now? What have you learned from that process? Well, it's like I said, I always go back to, hey, if there's a parent here that wants to pay for the officials, I won't charge another dollar. But right. nobody ever, like I said, nobody ever takes you up on it. But you know, right now, you gotta, you're got you trying to build a relationship, even if it's with somebody from a different school, because you don't want them bad-mouthing you as an AD or, or a school or whatever. So you're always going to take the high road. But there's times where you'd like to go Marty on them, but you, but you, really, <laughs> but you really can. <laughs> because but I don't want anybody walking around. Instead of Marty. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to be Jamie or Marty right now because those are bad. <laughs> and don't call Code Red. If you can help it, don't call Code Red. That's the moral of it. Do not call Code Red. Don't be Jamie. Don't be a Marty. There's no doubt about it. And now, sit last, in first class always. First class is important. Yes. <laughs> Do we have time for one more coaching story that would before I was the AD or not? Hey, it's your yeah, world. For it. Yeah, world. this is your your oh, episode. Let's do it. So, so I'm coaching. I'm a, my first year out. I was coaching at teaching. I was teaching and coaching at a Catholic school, and and obviously I'm driving the bus. I'm coaching middle school. I'm coaching three high school sports, and one of the sports I coach was girls basketball. And I had a young lady, Gina, say, "Hey, Mr. Throne, I hate to say this to you, but the feminine products in the girls' restroom are out." I was like, "Okay, no big deal." I mean, you know, I said, "Well, we'll, we'll figure out where they're at," and so. We go back in this closet that's off the gym and I open it up and I do, there's a huge box on the top, which I'm assuming it's feminine products. So I go to reach up and grab it. And I'm talking to Gina. And as I do, the whole box of tampons just come flying at me. <laughs> so I'm like badminton swatting them off me. 
like 250 of them. I'm just going to work and trying to get them. They're all coming out. And she's just dying and the whole PE class is dying because they think it's funny. And then I looked at her and said, next time I will not get you one of these. You'll have to get somebody else. But we laughed today when I still see her. She said, remember that time when that box? And I said, it's like all the other stories. Remember that time when this happened? Right. You put you put yourself the, the the important piece in our lives is you got to laugh at when you make mistakes and 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 don't be afraid to laugh at yourself when sometimes you make uh, terrible bonehead decisions that don't harm anybody obviously. But I did uh, I did swat away 250 tampons and, and life is life is better now. Like was was it Kung Fu Panda style or were you? Well, I, I mean, I was I did incorporate on the last ones I had to get the feet going because there was too many coming out. <laughs> I was like, what the. Why do we have so many in this one box? Yeah, they, and I've got I've got two daughters and a wife, and so I, that stuff doesn't bother me. But at that time, with I got like a whole PE class just watching me battle this box of tampons. <laughs> not, 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 not a great, not one of those moments you put on a resume type of deal. Right. <laughs> Paradox, you can share anything you want. Yeah, man, and your your pride doesn't want you to miss any one of those i mean you want to deflect them and just say hey yeah i, I defeated that that box <laughs> doesn't have nothing on me but i just <laughs> picture you knowing knowing that you're six nine trying to battle this box of feminine products and being able to <laughs> to, to swat them all away when you're trying to play it off like it's not a big deal but you know it is a big deal <laughs> at, at the end of it i reach down and hand her one here you go <laughs> <laughs> then, then everybody just starts busting up laughing. So it's one of those things. That I'm I'm big into you got to laugh. You gotta, if you don't laugh, life's too short to not laugh and enjoy life. Well, you kind of just had like a highlight reel of like life behind the scenes of an AD. It's kind of, it, it's very uh, you don't know what what's going to happen from game to game, from day to day. Um, you know, sometimes you're going to be dealing with the parents. Sometimes you're going to be dealing with tampons. You just never you never know what your day is going to be like. You never thought it was going to go there today. You guys. You <laughs> I, was hoping it would. <laughs> I knew Throny. I had a great idea. I got insight uh, between some sources that I have that I, I won't, re I won't reveal their names, but their initials are Becky Moran and Doug Kilgore. I oh, have yeah. a lot of information on <laughs> yes. Steve Stone and I knew, I knew we were just putting it on a tee and letting you hit home runs. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of great people right there to to, to be around and, and learn from both of those people. But now, good times. I appreciate you guys having. I love what you're doing with your show. Uh, the podcast is great. Like I said, the the first one when I listened to Becky Moran talk about the streaker, I, I still laugh about that. When and when I when I see her say her name, I start thinking about the streaker. That's wrong because <laughs> people chasing this young person. Which at six nine three fifty, I'm not chasing anybody. We'll catch you later. I know who you are. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Rarick came on right after that, and he calls her Three Socks Moran because of the story about at her yes. husband's school. And so he that's her his nickname for her now. And that's actually what I put her in my phone as is Three Socks Moran. But uh I, and I think I, I'd like to take this time to formally apologize to Becky for that now yes. being your nickname. I'm sorry, <laughs> Becky. It was not our intention, even though it's slightly epic. <laughs> no, we we go with Steve. Steve said sometimes you got to laugh, and we got to laugh at Becky, and that's mm -hmm. a great story to laugh at. Um, and and it's these things that you're going to remember in life, and what we do as ads, we just sit around and get to tell stories and say this is what's happening. And Steve makes a phenomenal point. You got to laugh, and that's the whole point of what we're trying to do. Just get the people to laugh, 
um, laugh at these stories because we can look back on them and say, man, in the moment, it may not have been super funny. Now, battling the tampons may have been really funny. I may have laughed a lot at that. Yeah, I that... still laugh right now. But mm-hmm. in, in that moment, we've got to laugh because it goes back to the first point that you made. Your hobby is Millard South. We spend so much time doing this that you've got to be able to enjoy it. You've got to have some fun or you're going to get burnt out quickly if you can't enjoy it. No doubt about it. And obviously it's the people that you surround yourself with and, and the great names you've already talked about yourselves and, and just finding great people to be around every day that when you come to school, I didn't say work, when you come to school, it's a, it's a great place to be and, and you want to come back every day and they pay you to do this. This is crazy. Right. It's, it's wild, isn't it? Crazy. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you this, Steve, we're going to have you on again. So I want you to think of some great stories moving forward and dan talbot said since we booked him he had three that happened like immediately oh really since we booked him so um there's probably more than that are going to come i'm not going to take credit for that i'm gonna blame danielle for all of that <laughs> but <laughs> we're gonna have more moments that we're gonna get to share and we're gonna get to visit and just laugh at which i appreciate your willingness to jump on here with us and take a chance on on two people that that are just trying to have some fun and and having that fun with us Love it. We'll keep doing what you do and enjoy it along the way, too. So keep me in mind. I'd love to come back, but I'm going to follow and, and listen to other people's stories and see if they got some things that I can laugh at and enjoy, too. Well, awesome. again, Steve, we appreciate you, and we appreciate Ticket Spigot for sponsoring us and another edition of Paradox. Hope you laughed. Hope you've had fun. And if you need to reach out and just connect, I know Steve Throne would welcome that as well. You bet. Reach out anytime. I'd love to share ideas. Awesome. Thank you again, Steve. You bet. You guys have a good one.